So it was a few years ago, I was in a Subway sandwich store. There's a difference between the Subway and a Subway. Um, I was in line and I was waiting in, in uh, Marysville, Michigan, and I heard a voice behind me say, hello, Thad. Kind of reminds me of the Seinfeld show, Hello, Newman. You ever watch that? I didn't have to turn around to know who it was, but it was an individual that I'll be honest with you, at the time I was not thrilled to know that they were standing in line behind me. You ever had those moments? <laughs> Some of you are laughing like, yep, this morning. Um, <laughs> the individual that was behind me was the wife of a couple that had attended our church that we had started, and they had been there for a long period of time. We had journeyed through some difficult and some joyous seasons in their life. Their daughter-in-law had addictions, and we had walked through that uh, drug addiction with them and their family. Their daughter had gone through a divorce and an abusive relationship and uh, physically, and so we had journeyed that with them. We had, we had baptized their grandchildren. Um, we had done a, a growth group in their home, and one evening, I led someone to Christ on their couch. And so we, we just, we had this deep relationship. And um, one day, everything changed. And I'll be honest with you, to this day, I know bits and pieces, but I don't know fully all that transpired, the emotion, the, just the pain um, of the journey that they were on and the place where we were as a church. But one day, they, they just, they decided they were done. And that's what they said. They went to an elder's home dropped off keys that they had to, uh, to the church, and they were volunteering, and they just said, we're, we're done. So one of my elders and I, we went to their house kind of wondering what's going on, and we tried to, uh, to just find out, and um, it didn't go well that night. And so um, we left, and there was a great deal of pain for me as a friend and as their pastor to know that there was great anger that they had. And um, I wrestled with that for a long period of time. And so for the next couple of years, whenever I would go someplace and I thought they might be there, my anxiety went way up. And I would purposely park in unique places. I would change my behavior based on whether or not I thought they were around. I remember there was a time I went in and I saw them in one of the aisles in Meyer. And I purposely, like, they were aisle 10, so I purposely, like, wheeled around and made my way to aisle three because I didn't want them to know I was there. I didn't, I just didn't want to pass them by. I found myself more fascinated with all the different kinds of green beans in aisle three or something. I don't know. I just wanted out of the situation because the relationship was broken. Has that ever happened to you? You've been in a relationship, it could be family, it could be friends, could be a coworker. something has taken place where there is some relationship of yours that because of a situation, because of a statement that's made, because of an act that is done, things are broken. And it might be something as simple as disliking them on Facebook. It could be something that when you go to your family reunion or at Christmas time, you're gathered around the table and you have to sit on the other end of the table and you don't say a word to that sibling. Or maybe you don't get invited anymore to those Christmas gatherings. It is hard. If you've ever changed your behavior, your attitude, found your anxiety going up because you were going to a location, because somebody was going to be there that you have tension with, then you know 
what it means to have a broken relationship. You know the tension that's involved. And I believe that the breakthrough in these tensions that God wants for us is reconciliation, to make peace. And that's not an easy thing to do, and it's not something that we can do on our own. We can't just make a statement, we can't just write a letter, and it's all good. It takes effort, and it takes God's hand and his spirit at work in our lives. And that's why we wanna talk about this. Because some of us here today, we need that. We need that breakthrough. We need that reconciliation. The scriptures are filled with stories about broken relationships, tension with family members, with friends. Even, Even in the beginning in Genesis, I mean, you've got Cain and Abel, and I didn't go all that well. But you've got broken relationships, Sarah and Hagar, Jacob and Esau, Rachel and Leah, Joseph and his brothers, Moses and Pharaoh, Saul and David, Absalom and his sister Tamar, Pharisees and Jesus. You've got Paul and Barnabas, the church leaders in Corinth. And yet the greatest overarching broken relationship that we find in Scripture is the story of Scripture itself, isn't it? It's the broken relationship between God and humanity. It's that sin has wrecked that relationship. But the beauty of Scripture is that all of these stories and the story, the meta narrative of Scripture, is that God is not only desiring to bring about peace and to bring about reconciliation, but He Himself is involved. He Himself makes an effort, and wants to, through us, bring about peace and reconciliation in our lives. It's not just an expectation of his that he says, good luck with that, but it's something that he says, listen, it's not only a desire of mine, but I'm willing to come and to walk along this journey with you. Some of us might say, but why? Why does that matter? Why does it matter to God if I can't get along with so-and-so? What What does that have to do with my relationship with God? And the answer is quite simple and yet profound for us, and that is that God loves that person as much as he does you. And when he sees the pain in your life and sees the pain in their life, he wants to be involved in bringing about that peace and reconciliation. And because of that, Our tension with others brings tension with God and our relationship with him. We would like to think that that's not true, but it is. And so if God, if you're failing to hear from God, if you're not getting those whispers, if if God is telling you to to move and you're saying, no, I'm not going to do that, there is tension that's there. And God may be asking you in this area to make those next steps, but he wants you to know that he is involved in that and he wants to be a part of bringing about that reconciliation because it's the answer. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter five and we're gonna hear what Jesus has to say about this idea of this tension and this broken relationships and this idea of reconciling those relationships. If you don't have your Bible with you, uh, we have Bibles that are out in the lobby. We want to encourage you to be in the scripture, not just on Sundays, but throughout the week. 
We have an app on Android and, uh, and on Apple, and uh, we have our reading plan that's there. If you don't have that, you can go out in the lobby, and we have a reading plan. It says Breakthrough. We've got a reading plan that's laid out there, and so would encourage you to read through this as we're going through this series. But in Matthew chapter 5, this is what, what we call the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And if you will, this is kind of Jesus' greatest hits. Some of these sermons that Jesus gave here uh, are, are mentioned in other places throughout the scripture, but this kind of compiles all of Jesus' teaching on life and the kingdom and how we are to live our lives to please God and bring about peace with others. And so in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says in verse 21, and I'm not going to open this up, but Jesus talks about this idea of murder, which would make sense. Don't commit murder. Got it. But then Jesus says, but if you are angry with someone, if you have hatred towards someone, you've committed murder in your heart. Now that's an issue. Jesus says so much so that if you even call someone a fool, you're in danger of hell. What's he trying to communicate? He's trying to say that our relationships that we have with others affects our relationship with God. And this idea of hatred and this idea of anger and this tension that we have between people, God wants to solve that. So in verse 23, he begins with the words, therefore, and he tells us, how are we supposed to work on this? What are we supposed to do about this idea of this anger, this tension? He says, therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, and I'm going to stop there, it's mid-sentence. But Jesus says, listen, if you're in the act of worship, if you're praising God, if you're bringing your praise before him, you're offering your gifts, at least from a literal standpoint, offering your grain, your animals, your praise offering, your, your sacrifice before God, if you are offering him what you have and you realize that someone has something against you, that, you gotta stop, you gotta pause. The word against is just simply that. It's this picture of a kind of a face-to-face, -face, you know, like boxers <laughs> when they're fighting. They're face-to-face. They're, -face. they're not away from each other. They are upset with each other. And their argument and their fighting is face-to-face. -face. That's the picture image that Jesus is painting here. If there is someone who has something against you, there's that tension between someone. God wants to resolve it. So what are we supposed to do? In the midst of our worship, Jesus says, I want you to leave your gift there in front of the altar. It's a sharp command. It's an imperative. It's not just something like, well, you should think about doing this. No, when Jesus says this, he says, I, you have to. Leave your offering there. Walk away. Stop your worship. And first, go and be reconciled. Make peace. Be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. Now, you gotta understand how powerful this is. The church has taught for hundreds of years that the scripture says that the chief end of humanity is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. We glorify God by what we do. We worship him, we seek his face. That is a high priority, to know God, to enjoy him forever. It's what we will do for eternity 
Jesus says, if you're in the midst of seeking God's face, if you're in the midst of worship, if you're in the midst of giving him glory, and you realize that there is a problem with someone, your worship comes second. That's pretty profound. And it's because God values them and their relationship with him as much as he does yours. And he wants us to take that serious. So he says, first go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. And the idea of reconciliation or reconciled here is not being face to face, but it's a change in your position or your posture, if you will. Let me explain this. He goes on to say in verse 25, I want you to settle matters quickly. Make friends is how you literally translate that. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. And Jesus describes someone who is an adversary, a plaintiff, who's taking you to court because of problems. It's that face-to-face conflict. But the picture image that Jesus gives us here, this word settle, means to go from this to this. It's to go from being face-to-face with someone to coming alongside of them. And when you do that, you change your position, you change your posture. And really, I think that's what reconciliation is. It's a posture. It's a posture of your heart. It's how you approach this person. It's how you approach the issue. Is you go from being face-to-face with them to coming alongside of them and when you do that, I think everything changes. Now, when, when, I'm, when I'm doing counseling with couples, and that's not often, but I do premarital counseling, one of the things that, uh, that we talk about is how to resolve conflict. And when we talk about resolving conflict, you see, oftentimes when we're approaching conflict, we approach the other person, right? It's that tension. And so we start to argue with them and take our sides and we become defensive, But in conflict resolution, a reconciliation, you come alongside of them, and sometimes I'll make them actually move their chairs so that they're not looking at each other. You ever have that problem where you're arguing with someone and they they roll their eyes or they shake their head and all of a sudden you get defensive? When you come alongside of them and you take the issue, and sometimes I'll even take items and I'll set it there in front of them and I'll go, that's the issue, let's define it. And then the two of them begin to talk about that issue together. And instead of face-to-face, they're alongside of each other. And it changes how you approach the subject because now you can talk about the problem. Now you can talk about the issue and you do it together instead of against one another. That's the picture image that Jesus is drawing here. He's saying, go from being an adversary, someone who is against you, to reconciling, to making peace, to becoming friends, come alongside of that person and begin to approach the issue in the relationship that is broken. And that doesn't mean you're going to agree. It doesn't mean that you're gonna hang out together. It doesn't mean that there won't be hurt involved. Oftentimes there is. God reconciled Adam and Eve after they sinned. Sin was the issue. God reconciled them, but they were never allowed to enter into the garden again or to eat from the tree of life. There were consequences to that broken relationship and that sin that was involved. Paul and Barnabas had a terrible argument on a missionary journey. 
They reconciled their differences, the scripture tell us, but Barnabas never traveled with Paul ever again on his other two missionary journeys. They were able to reconcile. They were able to go their own way. They were able to worship God. They were able to follow in God's will and his steps. But it didn't mean that they were gonna get Christmas cards from each other. I think sometimes when we think of reconciliation, we think that everything has to be good and that we have to become best buddies. That's not the approach that Jesus is taking here, but he's saying, listen, there's something that has to take place. There is a healing and a peace that needs to take place that you can walk away, but you can still have peace knowing that you're okay with them, knowing that when you go to the grocery store, you can still see them in the aisle. When you go to the softball game, the soccer game, you can sit on the same side as them and not have the anxiety, but know that you're okay with them and they're okay with you. Now, that doesn't always happen, but it takes our effort. That's what God wants from us, is our effort to approach that situation differently. It's up to us to come around and alongside of those who are against us and to approach the situation differently. But Hebrews puts it this way, the Hebrew writer says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. To be holy means to be set apart, to be like Christ. And there is no example that is, there may not be an example that is greater than what Christ did for us on the cross to reconcile us who are enemies of God that he made the effort, he left heaven, he left comfort, he came and gave his life on the cross and died for our sin, the issue that was between us and God, and he paid that price that we would be able to come alongside of God through Christ, through the cross, and be reconciled and find peace with God. There's no greater example of that than what Christ did for us. And the Hebrew writer says, listen, I want you to live this way. Live like Christ did. Make every effort to live at peace with others. Here's what Colossians, Paul says in Colossians 1. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Christ was God. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Do you see it? Paul says, listen, we were enemies of God and God himself through Christ and through the cross came alongside of us. He paid the price for our sin that issue that separated us, and instead of going back and forth across this great gap and divide, Jesus came alongside of us and said, listen, I'm gonna pay the price for that sin so that you and God can be at peace. And I think as an example, if you and I would come alongside of others and we would begin to look at the situation through the lens of the cross, we would have a better model of how to resolve these issues. When you and I focus on the issues, when we, when we face the cross with others, 
you take a posture of peace. Instead of being at one another's face, coming alongside of and going, let's look at the issue through the cross. It does a couple of things. It reminds us that we too are in need of reconciliation. That no matter what the issue is, we ourselves are in need of the same grace and forgiveness. Yeah, we might have been offended, but people we have offended. And we, we might have been wronged by others, but we too have wronged our Savior. And someone might have committed a sin against us, but we too have committed sin. And when we begin to come alongside of each other and we look at those issues through the lens of the cross, oh, it brings hope. It brings peace. It brings the reconciliation that God is after. Now, this isn't easy. For some of you who have been a victim, even more so. It's one thing to have someone say something against you. It's another thing to have been a victim of something in your relationship, abuse, where there is great pain, deep hurt. And that takes God's intervention, that takes counseling, it takes prayer. This is not an act that you just say a sentence and it all gets better. But what the Hebrew writer says, what scripture teaches us is that God desires that we would do our part, make an effort to bring about that reconciliation. Be like Christ. And so we begin. We pray. It's where we start. If we want breakthrough, it's gotta come from God. Opportunities, doors that are open for us to engage the other people, opportunities where we might find ourselves in a setting where we're able to go, hey, I need to talk with you about this. For some, maybe you might go, I don't know if you know this, but I've been wrestling with our relationship. Begin to pray that God would intervene. And then focus on the cross and your own need of reconciliation. As you approach them and approach the situation, understand your place. On the other side of the cross and your need for your own forgiveness and grace and to be received by God and find peace. And that's what you want for them. It's what you want in your relationship. So focus on the cross as you approach it. Acknowledge the issue and speak about the truth of your part. Don't talk about you did this, you did that, but say, you know what, there is an issue between us. This thing happened. Let's talk about that thing. Let's talk about that issue. Let's talk about that struggle. And do it together. Take a posture of coming alongside of them. And then last, make an effort to move forward. Now for you, That might be just to make peace and move on. For some of you, it might be to make friends and become closer and take the relationship into a level of intimacy and depth in the relationship, in your marriage, with friends, with family that you never knew you could have. That day at Subway, I wound up sitting down with that six-inch sub (laughs) and a Diet Coke And we had that conversation, and it was hard. And there were tears, both sides. I still feel it a little bit, 
But the great part was is we walked away at peace. Them pursuing their relationship with God, me pursuing my relationship with God, I bless them. I believe they're doing great. I haven't liked anything on their Facebook lately. I don't get Christmas cards from them. But we made peace, and I think God is pleased. Now that was something simple. For some of you, it's more profound. But we are all in need of reconciliation. We are all in need of finding peace in these relationships. Some of you, though, are carrying some pretty deep hurts this morning. So here's what we're gonna do to end. If you're watching online, we want you to participate in this as well. I'm gonna ask like we normally do during our prayer time, I'm gonna ask if you are in need of prayer this morning to say, God, I don't know how I'm gonna do this, but I need your help. I'm gonna ask you to remain seated. And for the rest of us, I'm gonna ask us to stand right now. And if you're standing and there are those who are around you who are seated, I want you to just put your hand on their shoulder and I want you to just lift them up before God. Let them know that they are not alone in this journey. And we just believe and we trust this morning that God wants to bring reconciliation. God wants to bring peace to these relationships. We're gonna pray for that. God, we ask right now that you would deliver us from any spirit of fear, failure, hurt, defensiveness, anger, and hatred. Lord, that you would remind us of our own need of reconciliation with you and how you value our relationships with others because it affects our walk with you. And you wanna make that right. And I pray even now this morning, Lord, right now, right here, that you would bring peace and that you would bring hope as individuals move forward. That, Lord, even now there would be forgiveness given and there would be steps towards reconciliation and peace. Lord, for those who will be going out this week, who will be writing letters, who will be praying, who will be coming alongside of others, Lord, I pray that they would come with love and with grace. And God, that you would reconcile. That we would sense your spirit with us even as we engage in these difficult places. And that we would experience breakthrough like we've never experienced before. In marriages, with friendships, with coworkers, with ex-spouses, with family members with church brothers and sisters, with neighbors. God, bring us that freedom that only you can bring through your reconciliation. And we thank you for the cross and the difference that it's made in our lives. And we just pray your spirit would move, not just now, but throughout this week and throughout the coming days as we pursue your peace together. We ask this in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. amen.